Hello and welcome to a very special dispatch from Scientific Canada. I am your host, Adam Fortis. Soon the Canadian Science Policy Conference 2021 will begin, but before it does, we've got a handful of pre-conference panels and sessions to discuss. On Monday, we talked about Food Policy Canada, so you can head to scientificcanada.ca to hear that. Today, we're talking Marshalling Science, Technology, and Innovation to Solve Global Problems, International Perspectives. This one was organized by the National Research Council Canada, and the description goes something like this. The climate crisis cannot be addressed by any single organization, sector, country, or even region. Research in universities and laboratories around the globe must be commercialized if we are to succeed. This panel draws on experts playing a key role in enabling innovation in Canada, Japan, Norway, Germany, and the UK, which are all recognized leaders in climate change-related research, innovation, and technology. Panelists will present their initiatives addressing climate change and the role of international partnerships. The session will highlight successes, underline pitfalls, and discuss innovation and commercialization policy approaches that can most effectively address the climate crisis. Our panel consisted of Melanie Collins, the moderator, Director General, National Programs and Business Services, NRC Canada, Daniel Holder, panelist, Deputy Head, International Strategy, RWTH, Aachen University, Germany, Catherine Meeland, panelist, Head of Department of Research and Innovation, Ministry of Trade, Industry and Fisheries, Norway, Mike Biddle, Panelist, Program Director, Industrial Strategy Challenge Fund, SCF, Innovate UK. Yuko Tsuda, Panelist, Deputy Director, Washington DC Office, Department of International Affairs, Japan Science and Technology Agency. And Eddie Zuppel, Panelist, Program Leader, Clean and Energy Efficient Transportation Program, National Research Council, Canada. Okay, so my main takeaway from this session is that everybody wants collaborations, international and, you know, international. Uh, many have industry-led collaborative approaches that they talked about. I will say a lot of the session felt like uh, kind of like name-dropping different initiatives and quoting numbers, which was certainly useful for some people, but for me it was a little bit in the weeds uh, as a, a grad student soon to graduate. However, there were some interesting questions from the moderator and the audience that I'll highlight and get into some of the odds and ends from the session. <laughs> like Japan's Moonshot program, whose first step is focused on cybernetic avatars. But first, this podcast is brought to you by scientificcanada.ca. The goal of Scientific Canada is to get real science to real people, which we do by producing hopefully entertaining and hopefully informative content about research, academia, and, you know, curious nerd stuff in general. You can head to scientificcanada.ca to see some of the shows and articles we've helped produce. And if you want to discuss details about know, a project of your own, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Fortis, that's F-O-R-T-A-I-S, or email me at fortisadam at gmail.com. Support for our projects comes from our very generous and very, very smart Patreon subscribers. Find out more at patreon.com slash scican. Thanks! Okay, so one of the first questions that I wanted to talk about was uh, posed by the moderator. Basically, 
How are you attracting and bringing in new players to your various activities and programs? How are you ensuring these players are successful at engaging with each other? Mike from the UK boiled it down to, quote, inspire, innovate, invest, and then discussed a little bit about, you know, showing these collaborators how they can be involved. Uh, Not a ton of specifics here, um, but then he talked about funding competitions and how important it is to really advertise these things and get, you know, the information to the widest audience possible. Uh, Then, of course, there's the selection decisions, um, invest in the very best applicants, and then again, part with part of the advertising um, discussion, you know, show off the results year after year so that people who didn't apply one year can see what was funded and, you know, tune and tailor their, their applications to be competitive. Daniel from Germany emphasized incorporating students into various processes. Uh, one question that I thought was pretty interesting was asking about um, impact studies related to, you know, uh, patenting and intellectual property rights, uh, internationally specifically, uh, if there's maybe like a best return on investment process that they found, um, this one is a very specific question. So we got some general discussion, but it ended up being quite interesting still, uh, the Canadian perspective, uh, the success of one of these types of programs, and this is not so much an international uh, thing, but I guess it could be applied elsewhere, but uh, success is kind of dependent on finding a strong tech receptor for the project. So basically an industry partner that can, you know, exhibit some company growth through a, uh, can exhibit some company growth through like a new product or, or growth in a specific market. Uh, they found that this is one of the best ways to quantify the success of a partnership. In the absence of a strong technical receptor, uh, it generally weakens the collaboration. You know, just funding these collaborations that create fundamental research and not really a product is not exactly what the NRC is looking for all the time. Uh, They really want to emphasize collaborations uh, where tech will benefit in the short and midterm. Mike from the UK described every challenge as, uh, you know, being subject to a benefits realization plan and an evaluation plan with intermediate reports. <laughs> uh, so understanding the market right before you, you know, fund this sort of thing, um, looking for intermediate signposts to say whether things are being, uh, things are going successfully or not and then retroactive studies to assess the success uh, so what they have been trying to do in the UK uh, it's easy to do the initial bit and the final bit but looking for the early signs in the the middle of the process so onto the sort of odds and ends uh, there's lots of interesting discussion on different initiatives uh, one of the things that struck me though was how similar Norway seems to Canada when it was being described by Catherine Meeland. Uh, the main points of comparison she made were based on the smaller northern locale, while also being, you know, a fisheries and oil powerhouse. She went into a few specific collaborations and agreements between our countries and pointed out that it, I think what she pointed out was that we have an active treaty dating back to 1826, which is kind of cool. Um, but one of the initiatives that really, <coughs> that really stuck in my head came from Yuko Suda, 
Tsuda, who works between the U.S. and Japan. It was kind of dropped without too much discussion, except to be an example of how different layers of government and industry can collaborate in Japan. <laughs> but the, the subject of this, uh, this initiative is wild. So allow me to introduce you to the Moonshot program. Goal number one of the Moonshot program is developing cybernetic avatars. Uh, realization of a society in which human beings can be free from limitations of body, brain, space, and time by 2050. So that's part one. Part two, inter-organ network. Realization of ultra-early disease prediction and intervention by 2050. AI robot co-evolution. Realization of AI robots that autonomously learn, adapt to their environment, evolve in intelligence, and act alongside human beings, again, 2050. And finally, fault-tolerant quantum computer. This is goal number six. We skipped four and five. I'm not sure where those went. But uh, realization of a fault-tolerant universal quantum computer that will revolutionize economy, industry, and security. So... The science and technology aspects were not the, the focus of discussion, but uh, I'll leave those, those priorities for you to chew on for a little while. Okay, so if you got this far, thank you for sticking around. Keep up to date as these recaps come out by following me on Twitter at Adam Fortis. You can read and listen to more at scientificcanada.ca. And if you like what you've heard or read or ingested in some form or another you can consider subscribing on youtube your favorite streaming service or showing your support on our patreon that's patreon.com slash thanks again and talk soon